Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Miller and Condon on a Thursday, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 on the FM dial is Trent Condon and Ken Miller, and we're with you for the next couple of hours talking sports with you, and we appreciate you spending some of your uh, morning here with us. Just an absolutely Chamber of Commerce morning at that. What a weekend for the Principal Charity Classic that gets underway. Pro-Am's going on. Uh, tournament begins in Nurse tomorrow. Pretty good field. Pretty good get is the Principal Charity Classic, who has many things did. Uh, took last year off, but back this year, pretty terrific field. Uh, and uh, wish them the best as they uh, raise as much money as they possibly can for all the charities that they support here uh, in the local community. Principal Charity Classic, if you don't have plans, um, it's going to be a great weekend. Go out and watch uh, some golf, if you are so inclined. Uh, coming up on the BMW of Des Moines guest list today, we thought we'd take a look at two of the regional teams uh, in the NFL. Of course, the Aaron Rodgers story continues um, to be a talker, like it or not, and it's going to be until there is some resolution. And not certain when that is going to happen, but uh, Rob Domofsky, I believe is how you pronounce his last mm-hmm. name. He's the Green Bay writer for ESPN.com. He was just on Cappy's show uh, in Chicago this morning, and um, it, it's his opinion that there's no way in uh, in heck <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> that, uh, that Aaron Rodgers is going to play for Green Bay again. And he didn't say he's going to be traded. He just didn't, he said that uh, he believes that it is over. But anyways, we'll get Dave Sinekin, theheadcheese.com, to opine on that. And then we'll head to Chicago and catch up with our friend uh, Jeff Hughes, debearsblog.com, the latest on DeBears. They're going to be a story all off. Well, they're going to be a story, I think, for the foreseeable future. They have a QB. If you have a QB, I don't care what level, you have a chance, and I think the Bears do. You know, going back to four years ago with Mitchell Trubisky, A, I didn't like the pick. I wanted to be Deshaun Watson. That was a part of it. But just secondly, I, I it was hard to be as enamored as I am with Justin Fields. Now, there were glowing praises about Trubisky and him driving his old Oldsmobile or whatever the hell that stupid car was. And, <laughs> yeah. and he was just one of the guys and that kind of thing. Now, this is about a guy that's a true player. Yeah. I mean, a guy that played hurt, that put his team on his back and beat Clemson. <laughs> yes. A team a lot of people thought in Clemson. That was the best team in college football. Well, they had that best quarterback in college football, and usually that's the way it goes. He was able to do that. And though he was banged up, and they were not nearly as good as Alabama, who played at just a completely different level. Mm-hmm. And looking back, maybe that Alabama might go down as one of the all-time greats. Mm, interesting, yeah. They were just, we yep. might look back at that. It was a goofy year, I get it, but they were just that good. I'm enamored. I'm excited. And every single thing I read is glowing praise. And there is also that faint voice in the back of my head as a fan you're a bears fan mm-hmm. slow down right you're talking about the bears it's a quarterback really for the bears go there again trying content it's an ohio state quarterback <laughs> right you know all these different things that are still back there but it's hard not to get excited about it it really is quarterback having you. a chance i think they have one i, I really I, do i hope they're relevant trent i do i like it when the uh, the regional teams are a factor and i believe as the packers seem to come down a little bit to descend 
I think the Bears are on their way up. So we will talk about the Packers, and then we'll do the Bears in the same segment, get a little regional taste of OTAs that are going on with the Packers and the Bears. Speaking of regional teams, that's what the St. Louis Cardinals are, and our friend Brian Walton is going to uh, uh, join us at 11.05. Just the latest on Flaherty, what's going on uh, with this Cardinals team. It is a, uh, a month of June that's conducive to putting some W's in the win column once they get through with the Dodgers. Are they, or do they play their today? Um, Hadn't seen the schedule. I, I that know one. that the Cubbies head out west. I'm not sure about that. I, I don't know the answer to that question. I should. It's a lighter schedule. They will be back home. Will the Cardinals? Okay. Oh, against Cincinnati. Yes. Cincinnati the Reds tonight. Come in, which for whatever reason I missed that. I saw both Chicago teams are playing mm-hmm. this evening, which is good. Of course, you get to see the Giants, and this will be my first real look at the Giants. I mean, yeah. I, I've caught bits and pieces on mm-hmm. LMB Network. You know, the live look-ins that they have and things like that. But Did you see the Giants fan when Yastrzemski gave him the baseball over the weekend on no. Twitter, the little kid? Oh, that handed it to the lady next to him? <laughs> yeah. Shoot or shoot. Yeah, that man. <laughs> Kid's got a future. Uh-huh. a boy. It's not going to be a problem for uh, him, is it? That was cute. That was really cool. Um, if you haven't seen it, it's on Twitter. It's Google worth it. Checking yeah, out. It's, it's worth it's checking out. It'll bring a smile to your face. It certainly did mine. But but I'm with you. I haven't seen a ton of Giants baseball as well. Uh, and this will be a good uh, four-game set to at least... Not saying I'm going to watch all four Cubs game because the NHL and the NBA are mm-hmm. uh, certainly um, you know entertaining to say the very least. But so are the Cubs, to be fair, right? As they were again yesterday. I don't know, man. They are they, these. This roster is certainly throwing a um, the plans that were to you know rebuild out the window, or at the very least postpone it for a while. Because I don't. There's no way in hell that they can start shipping these guys out now. Not mm-hmm. the season that they're having, and they're in the right division. Look, the Brewers and the Cardinals are going to be there, but so are the Cubs. So uh, Brian Walton will join us at eleven oh five, and then Rob Doster mm-hmm. will join us uh, from. The Field of 68, that's his podcast. That's the Twitter handle. There's a ton of content on there. Jeff Goodman and Rob Doster do that, uh, well, daily, at least once a day during the uh, college basketball season. But when there's ever, whenever there's news and there seems to be that, you know, at least three or four times a week. And there was yesterday with uh, Mike Krzyzewski, who's going to make it official in 22 minutes, assuming they start on time. He will formally announce that he is uh, going to step down at the end of this season. Uh, so Roy Williams walks out the door. Mike Shashevsky will follow, albeit a year later. Uh, incredible career. Um, you know, the, the, ex- the, ex- not excuses. He's 75. He doesn't need an excuse to retire. Come on, Miller, you idiot. Um, but the reasoning behind why now when the question is asked, I have a little bit, um, eh, to each their own, right? But he doesn't like the transfer portal. And he doesn't like the fact the name, image, and likeness is coming to the game. The game that he knows, college basketball that he knows, uh, isn't going to be the same. And for that reason, that's a part of his decision, apparently, uh, to walk away from the game at this particular point. I remind you, he's 75. He is 75, right. (laughs) Or will be by the time the season starts. And a lot of speculation, Jim Beheim is right behind them. He would be the next one, yep. Once Buddy and his other son, Jimmy, Mm -hmm. who's transferring in from, I think, Cornell. That's where he's coming in from. Once their eligibility is done, or maybe even a year after. Mm -hmm. It's incredible, though, seeing these guys and just thinking of these guys. They have been... History. They've been a part of my whole life. Absolutely have for you. My whole life... I only know Mike Krzyzewski on the sideline. I only know Jim Beheim mm-hmm. on the sideline. I know Roy Williams at two places, but for at least the life that I remember, 
I remember that guy on the sideline of Kansas and North Carolina, and now they're gone. Yeah. Now it changes. Right. And I remember Dean Smith and when he yeah. walked away and how difficult it was for his handpicked successor, mm-hmm. which we have here at Duke. Right. That's going to be happening. Yeah, John Shire. A different. Bill Guthridge was in his 60s, I want to say, at he that time. Was, yeah, I would say Late around 50s, that age. So, yeah, but, he, he was up there. Mm-hmm. Going to be different with Thanks. Shire. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Going to be different, though, with Shire. He is a younger guy. Yeah. But you talk that on the job training, and we have seen that right here in our state. Young basketball coaches, how difficult that is. X's and O's, yeah, that's a piece of it. But you're playing the league like the ACC. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in a basketball. This right. isn't the Summit League. Right. It, this is not on the job training in JUCO. Yeah, Tobacco Road, heard of it. Right. This is what you're going up against each and every night. The best of the best. And that on the job training, if you will. It can go south very quickly. Mm. And in a program like Duke, where you've had five national championships now, and they had success beforehand. They had Final Fours. They they had success even before Shusevsky. So I think it would be easy for people to, in the fan base, say, we have to give him more time understanding you're replacing a legend. Now, there's going to be also a faction that will say no to that. No, we're Duke. We'll never do that. Mm-hmm. But there will. But because they also had success, it wasn't just one man that built the program into what it is. Because of that, I think the leash is even tighter for him. I, this no, is I guy, don't, no, Trent, I'm with he you. He couldn't get the DePaul job two years ago, John yeah, Shire. Right. Couldn't get the DePaul job, right. which is a terrible job. Although he interviewed for it. And, he and did. Cappy, Cappy reported that and said so on, on our airwaves uh, that he was one of the two that uh, that got to the final stages of that process. But he's going to be the guy, and the shoes to fill are massive. As big a job, uh, as big a pair of shoes in all the sports to fill, coaching, might be fair. You know, Belichick comes to mind, but it's football. Oh, well, Belichick's one. Right? Saban at Alabama. That'll be another one. That's, and, a, that's a really good one. Trent. And I think that one may be, I would put that's highest a really good on one. the list. Yep. He has taken this program yeah. to heights that we have not seen in recent history. Right. Even USC. And Alabama wasn't Alabama before no, Nick Saban. No. <laughs> you don't have to go back too many years. No, absolutely. I mean, you've got to go back to the, the last time they were really relevant was the early 90s with Gene Stallings. And that mm-hmm. was... A yep. couple of year blip, right? We're talking ninety ninety one, yep. and from the Mike Shulas of the world right. to the Dennis Franchoni for a short period, and mm-hmm. on and on and on. The Alabama job, yeah, they'll spend money, but they couldn't find the right fit. They couldn't get the right guy that could do everything. That one, there's no replacing that. Oof. You could bring in the perfect successor that does everything right. I don't think they're going to have the success that Nick Saban did. I, I'm with you, and I, and I think for the longest time. That the, it was just uh, a given. That, well, Dabo's going to come. Right. He'll, he'll take the job. Mm-hmm. He'll come back. I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know how he can with what he's got going. Clemson is the most overwhelming favorite in, in, in college football. In their conference. They're, what are they, minus 800 to win the ACC? To win the ACC. Not their division. No, to win the ACC. The whole thing. That's yes. not just the division, but also the championship game. And I, and I get there's stiffer competition in the SEC than there Absolutely. is. Absolutely. There's, there, there's no LSU. There's no Auburn. There's no Georgia. Florida. Uh, right. Dot, dot, dot. Texas A&M. We can play this game <laughs> for a while. Precisely. A&M's a factor. I'm with you on A&M. Um, because Florida State's down. Miami's yeah, down. Yeah. North Carolina's a nice team. I mean, they're, they're the not Clemson second choice, right? I, I'm with you. Um, Nick Saban is the answer to the question. That's a, that's, so. that's a good pull on your part. I don't know if it can be. I don't know if there's a 
pro sport. There's certainly no baseball. Hey, how are you going to replace Billy Martin? <laughs> right? I mean, yeah. fill in the blank. Mm-hmm. There's um, who's the best manager of recent history? In, Tito Francona. Boy, he's on that list, man. Look what he does year yeah. after year. After he would year. probably be the guy, at least off the top of my head, that'd be the best. But still, he leaves Cleveland. Yeah. Is it going to be story after story? You'll never replace this guy as a manager. That's a good. Who's the? Um, that's really good, Trent. Uh, Dave the, Roberts yeah. got a lot I mean, of talent. You got, you got to go. I'm going with Sparky Anderson. Yes, going Earl back. Earl Weaver dude. going back. My my dude, Tom Kelly. Your dude, Tom Kelly, Trent. That's not awful. But then he ended his career with seven consecutive losing yeah. seasons. Yeah, and a lot of ninety and hundred loss seasons um, in there too. It's just a different we, kind of sport. Are missing anybody in, 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 in recent history? La Russa the, with the Cardinals. Lou Pinella? Nah, he bounced around too many he places. And never broke through. Never yeah. got the ultimate. He was more well-known for being a hothead, right? Mm-hmm. That's what you got with Lou. Bochi with the Giants? There's okay, a good one. Just, There's a good one. Right, but it's not that you can't replace him. Right. Uh, this is a really good one. Thank you, Brad Bunting. Oriyama. UConn. Oh, there, there's no replacing it, right? Right. Pat Summit, Tennessee. And look what happened there. And they're still fine. Mm-hmm. They're yep. good. Yeah. But they're not what Tennessee right. was. Yeah. Kim Mulkey, after now she has left Baylor. Right. Replacing her and the success that she built mm-hmm. in that program. There's a lot of those names. In college sports, I think college sports is so different than professional mm-hmm. sports. When Bel- Belichick walks away, he'll be the highest ever on that list in professional sports? Will there be anybody else when they walked away and said, boy, they're in trouble now? Uh, yes, but you won't know the name. Scotty Bowman when he was with Montreal, Joe Blake before that, when they're having but that's 60s and 70s. That's going way, way back with mm-hmm. the Canadians who won all those titles. Um, you know, there was, to a lesser degree in, in our state, yeah, Joe Torrey maybe. Joe Torrey's not bad. That's a good one. Yeah, with the Yankees mm-hmm. when they had their run. I mean, what Ferentz did, and I, and at the end of the Fry era, the, the end of the Fry era wasn't good. Right. But where where the program was to what he built it to with the Rose Bowl appearances, um, those were big shoes that Ferentz had to fill. And this was, yes, he was on he was on the staff, but I rem, I remember being taking calls when when he was hired, and it was a. Really? Who? Who? Mm-hmm. This guy? Are they trying to save money? Um, but but look what Kirk Ferentz has done, and 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 and, and the longevity—the test of time, as I like to say—yes, has clearly um, he's he's clearly passed the test of time. Tough Who to else? do. Joe Torrey's a good one. That's a good. That's Oregon a good one. Of the a really good one. You know, you think of like Phil Jackson. Consider one. Yeah, but. For Phil Jackson, it was a lot of times the conversation. Well, he just had more talent. It's true, he did. You talk about Joe Torre. Well, he had the Yankees Mm -hmm. when they were spending money, Mm -hmm. more money than anybody else. Mm -hmm. They had more talent. I like like Gino Ariema. And though they have more talent, you have to recruit that talent. You have to get it. You have to build that talent. And he also didn't build this like John Wooden in Westwood, you know, where he recruited kids to L.A. (laughs) And he got Sam Gilbert, the bag man. No, you're doing this for UConn women's basketball, you're doing it at Alabama. Oh, yeah, Alabama, it's easy to win. Well, then how come they didn't win for 25 years before Saban got there mm-hmm. at the highest level? Mm-hmm. Because it's not as easy as you think. Oriyama, absolutely on that list. Saban on that list. And Krzyzewski, of course, on that sure. list uh, on the men's basketball side. Who else? Men's basketball. Anything else jump out? Mm. 
Calipari took such a step yeah. back that. But he went to the pros and, mm-hmm. and the UMass thing and the the Memphis. And the, uh, too many spots. Yeah, I think you have to be associated with a program for for a you know a, a decent length of time before you can. I mean, look, you can't knock what Cal has done. No. And he, has, he, has he cut corners? Yeah. <laughs> but it's college basketball, folks. We just assume they're cutting corners. You're not cheating, you're not trying, right? right? And you know what? If that's what it takes, do it, because it's entertaining as hell. Uh, and I wish everybody would get on the same page. <laughs> uh, love, love Let's all cheat together. Field. Yeah, that's kind of how I see it. Um, yeah, those are the names. I, I can't think anybody else. But anyways, so Rob Doster is going to be here. We will well, pick his brain um, at uh, coming up at 1125. By the way, tomorrow, looking forward to this already, uh, Bobby Hansen is going to join us. He's going to help us uh, with the NBA. Uh, so Bobby Hansen, 1125 tomorrow, right before... Uh, we give our Claxons barbecue away as the NBA. We saw what three series end last night. One, two, I think three series. Is that what could, it was? Yeah. yeah, three series all uh, finished up in five games. The Knicks go home. The Wizards go home, and uh, and Memphis goes home as yes, Utah beat yeah. them last night. Uh, so we will um, the, we will have to I would assume wait until we get uh, going again uh, with a three or four game uh, schedule on a nightly basis. Let's get Jeff in here. Jeff, welcome to the program. What's on your mind? Well, you're going to love this, guys. So <clears throat> here's some coaches uh, before the coach I'm going to give you, and it's just going to blow your mind. 1992, Rex Hughes. Then it was John Lucas. Then it was Bob Hill. Okay. Yeah. You want to guess this franchise? Uh, it was, uh, well, I don't think it's Orlando. No, I don't know. Who is it? It was San Antonio with Greg. Oh, bang. Good one. Not really good one. Okay, five. Five yeah. championships playing at the biggest level. Yeah. Uh, they weren't winning before he got there, and I think they went to, what, 15, 16 straight playoff appearances? Ex- excellent win. Titles. Yep, excellent. So there's, there's the first one. Let's talk about Luka, guys. And we talked yesterday about, you know, game time and having you know not having people around. Well, here's the deal. Dallas's second-best player last night, supposedly, scored eight points and six rebounds. Yeah. Okay. Well, how many baskets did Doncic figure in? Either score or, or it was get, like thirty-one so to thirty-eight or something crazy. like that. Yeah. I th- I think there was five baskets. They said this morning, guys, five baskets that Luca did not score wow. or did not have the assist to. Five total. He was probably sitting for that two minutes when he wasn't <laughs> yeah, on the court. Been. Yeah. To be honest. Yeah. So it's crazy to think that you know now let's flip the you know flip the page and not give criticism, but you know supposedly you have the top two or let's say top five, two top five. Defenders with the playoff P and with, uh, and uh, who's, I'm sorry, I'm blanking on the other guy's name. Uh, who's the other guy I'm thinking of on the Clippers? Sorry. Kawhi uh, and George? Yes, Kawhi. Yes, Kawhi. So you got Kawhi and George, two top five defenders. And they can't stay in front of, I don't know, the only guy they have on this team that can score mm-hmm. really on his own besides Tim Hardaway. You know, and, and, and that's surprising you know, for Kawhi because he says he can play some defense. A championship run, mm-hmm. he can play some defense. Well, he can play defense, guys. And let's not forget that they they tanked, so they not so they couldn't play the Lakers. Yeah. So you tank, and now you're in trouble. You're looking down. Be careful Trent what you wish for. Well, right. And what did Trent say a couple days ago? When you win Game Five, it's pretty much what at eighty twenty. Eighty two and a half percent. Yep. Mm-hmm. Eighty two and a half percent. And now they got to go on the road and win a Game Seven. So 
it's just crazy what the NBA is doing, guys. It's fun to watch. I just want to throw that out to you. All right, thanks, Jeff. Appreciate the call. Jim is next. Jim, what's on your mind this morning? Hello, Jim. Hello. What, what? do you think about the late hit? The the late hit. What are you talking about? About your Winnipeg losing oh. Jets. <laughs> Now, hang on a second, All Jim. Right. That's no Jim's way to start the hot. conversation. All right? Okay. Not very good players that had to hit him late. So you think it's so what what do you, what do you think what was wrong with the hit, Jim? And I agree with you that it's a suspendable hit. But what in your mind, What where did he cross the line? Because let's set up the play for those people who didn't see it. So the Jets have an empty net. They're down a goal. Um, uh, the, the, and he, and, and, yeah, he goes around the net, and Mark Shifley is skating as fast as he can to try and prevent the, the wraparound play. Oh, jeez. You have win play. You have win. Uh, win well, where, where am I wrong? Where am I wrong? What, what did I say that's wrong? Up. He scored right away. It was about 10 seconds. Oh, come on. That's, you know, that's just not true. Jim, it's a suspendable. Yes, it no, it's. You, he hit, you he, got blinders on. Jim, you're he trying to tell me that the, by the time the puck went in the net, you said it was a 10 second gap? Is that what you just said? It might yeah. have been a half a second. I'm watching it right now for the first time. And how long is it from the time he scores? Two-tenths of a second. Two-tenths of a second. So, Jim, it's a terrible play. It's an awful look. But Shifley was trying to make a hockey play, and it turned out to be an awful play. It's a suspendable hit, Jim. Please clean out your ears. He should be suspended. I agree with that. The Blackhawks did never do that when they won their three Stanley Cups. Well, the Blackhawks and the Winnipeg Jets don't even belong in the same sentence, Jim. Come on. I know. The Blackhawks are a lot better. They never got the You're getting no argument from me. That was a late hit, Ken. A late hit. He's going to be suspended, Jim. How many more times can I say it? If you're the head of the NHL player safety, how many games should he get, Jim? Uh, well, I think he should get 10. <laughs> ten. He's not going to get 10. But I appreciate you talking hockey. I really do. Thank and you, You're Jim. welcome to do so anytime. It was an awful play. It was. It, it ruined it, the game. You told me about it, and all right, let's see. And, and as I, I look at it, and I just had a quick glimpse at it. Yeah, that's bad. It's bad. It's not 10 seconds. It's not 10 seconds. No. So, it, it's, not, it's not the distance after the goal that it was. It was... The guy's putting in an empty netter. It's it's over. But at the same time, if yeah. the, if the puck comes off his stick, even for an instant, mm-hmm. Shifley's got the chance to break up that empty net goal. They're down a goal. There's a minute left. Shifley and they just was scored doing, shorthand or uh, with the extra. Winnipeg skater. had just cut yeah. it to one goal. So it was it was. Here's the good news: the kid's not hurt. That's the good news. As far as we know, he didn't go down. He left the ice on the stretcher. It's a terrible look. Yes, it's my team. I get that. And maybe I'm seeing it as a fan. I'm guilty. I am a fan. You know that. I don't try to hide that. But come on, 10 seconds after the play? Please. He should get suspended. The league is trying to get that out of the game as as well they should. But here's the other thing. He has zero history. This isn't Nazem Kadri. This isn't Tom Wilson. This isn't a guy that has a history. I don't think he's ever been in a fight. So that matters. That matters, yes. 
He has zero history. This is I'm guessing this is the first time he's been called before the um the player safety committee. Okay. He should be suspended. It's an awful play. A game? I said to Bama Bob last night, I wouldn't be surprised if it's two or three. Yeah. It's the optics. It's a terrible look. But he's trying to make a play. And mm. here's the other thing. Ten years ago, it's not a penalty. It's a penalty. There's a fight. Yeah. There's probably a bunch of fights. But there's no suspension. But that's good that the league has changed. It's good that, that it's no longer ten years ago. Ted, welcome to the program. Hello. Hey, Ted. Ken. Okay, I got a quote here from right. uh, Jacques Plante. Jacques Plante, yeah, the goalie, yep. Plante? Yep. Okay. Um, how would you like a job where if you make a mistake, a big red light goes on and 18,000 people boo you? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he was one of the greats. He was the first. I think he was the first. Ted, thanks for the call. Uh, he was the first to wear a mask. Oh, really? Okay. First goalie I thought to I, wear a mask. I knew that name. Yeah. And I knew he was, and I think that's the reason that I probably knew that name. Yeah. If you, you know what, we should, to find the hit and tweet it from our Miller and okay. Condon Twitter account. Yep. I will do that. Um, it's, it's a bad look. If you didn't see the game, it's a terrible look. Optics mm-hmm. wise, I think he's going to be suspended. Yeah. This is, this is Winnipeg's best player. You got a signed hockey puck. I do. I got it from a, a buddy of mine for Christmas. Yeah, it's a um, pretty good one. Yeah. Anyway, so couple other names uh, that came in on Twitter. Speaking of Twitter, Bill Snyder, and they tried to replace did, him. Yeah, Ooh. and then they had That's to go. Bill Snyder, bring him back. Like that one a lot. I like that one too. And I like that one. You think Kansas State football? You think of one guy, right? You think of him. Yeah, and Bobby Cox on the professional ranks. If you would have mm-hmm. got. Three world championships oh, as opposed to one. a different story. Yeah. But the consistency story. year yeah. after year after year. And he coached some good, or he managed some good Blue Jays teams too in the 80s. That's right. Yeah, good call on that. He, he, Bobby Cox, and he's still alive, I think. Yeah, he is still alive. Uh, we will take a timeout. We'll switch gears. We will get into the NF. 1,000 fans booing, a red light comes on above your head. Um, We'll do the Packers. What's the latest on Aaron Rodgers? Likewise, with the uh, Chicago Bears and Justin Fields as that era begins. Cardinals are now we're number two, and Rob Doster as well on the uh, end of an era. Well, it's still a year away, but uh, we will hear from Rob Doster coming up on Miller and Condon. It's 1460 KXNO and 106 Media. Ken Miller, Trent Condon, Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO and now on 106.3 FM. This is KXNO. Hi, welcome back, Miller and Condon. Just to finish up for the last segment, Brad Bunting, uh, another good one. John Thompson with Georgetown. Yes. That's a good one as well. Tried that we were talking about uh, shoes to fill. Uh, John Thompson, Georgetown, certainly uh, mix that list. Let's get our friend Dave Sinek and theheadcheese.com in here. Rob Domofsky, who covers the uh, Packers for ESPN.com, said on David Kaplan, our buddy's show this morning in Chicago, uh, that he doesn't think there's any possible way that Aaron Rodgers will play for the Packers again. Dave Sinek and theheadcheese.com joins us. Uh, Dave, is, uh, is Rob, I mean, that's his opinion, obviously. He covers the team for ESPN.com. He doesn't think this is going to happen. I hope that he is a Packer. I know you echo those sentiments. What's your feeling here on the 3rd of June? Yeah, hi, guys. Um, 
I've gone in that direction ever since you know I learned more about the story after the draft that I just feel like Rogers is the kind of guy that once he digs in he doesn't dig out and granted the Packers have all the leverage here and, mm-hmm. and could just you know force his hand either to play or to retire or to sit out the year I don't think it's going to get to that point I think they're going to ultimately own that you know maybe they didn't handle things the way they should have with an all-time guy on their roster um and in light of uh, you know what he's done for the franchise over the years they'll try to find a way to to move him but i just ultimately keep going back to man if you want to try to win another super bowl i don't think you have a better chance anywhere else that you would be traded to than than in green bay so i just think his road to another ring is going to be a whole lot tougher coming out of the afc we get to the point where there is no repairing it. We have found out officially that he's not going to play. He's not going to put on the green and gold again. What's it take? What's a realistic haul from the Broncos or the Raiders or whoever else? What's realistic to bring in, in your mind, to get Aaron Rodgers away? Yeah, I mean, I'll stop you for a second. I mean, we still haven't, Roger, haven't heard Rodgers say, I am not playing sure. for the Packers ever again. So, you know, until he actually says those words, right. I... There's a small piece of me that says, you know, they'll figure out a way to say, you're our guy for three years, we'll trade Love, we'll do whatever, we want to ride out to the sunset. But clearly their choice was to, when they drafted Love, give Rodgers two years mm-hmm. and then trade him maybe a year early or two years early rather than a year or two too late. So that said, um, I don't think Green Bay is looking for a stopgap quarterback back if they were. I mean, right now they, they're saying they're not trading him. So I'm just speaking hypothetically. Um, they've hitched their wagon to Jordan Love. So my my thought always was, well, if you trade up to Denver, you got uh, Teddy Bridgewater or Drew Locke for a year, at least a guy that's been through it with a, a roster that's, you know, right now one of the top three favorites to win a Super Bowl. Granted, Rodgers is a big reason why, but there's still a lot of talent on this roster. And entrusting a, you know, a second-year quarterback who really didn't have a rookie year of note because he was the third-string guy, mm-hmm. seems like a, a tough spot to put that kid in. But I don't think they're going to look for a, a veteran quarterback back. I just get the feeling that, you know, they'd like a couple of, uh, you know, players that they can insert into their lineup, but they're certainly going to want multiple draft picks. In, and whether that's, you know, two number ones, whether that's three, I mean, there's two sides to this. The guy's 38, you know, how many, or 37, and, you know, how can you give up that much? But on the other hand, he's the reigning MVP. The reigning MVP has never left his team the following season. It's uncharted waters. And I think, uh, Rodgers probably believes he has five years left. And if you're a team that's going to maybe get five years of Aaron Rodgers, you give up whatever draft picks you need to to get him. So I, I think the haul would be pretty significant if a Denver, a Las Vegas, or a Miami decides to uh, open everything up and, and hand things over. I think they'll get at least two ones, if not three, and a player or two that could help the team this year. Yeah, I'm with you. That's what I've heard, Dave, is the three first-round picks, and then when it comes to Denver, Bradley Chubb, uh, who I think is going to be a terrific defensive end. He was a top-five overall pick. They should have taken Josh Allen. We wouldn't be having this conversation. <laughs> and Jerry Judy, as well as the draft picks. You know what's eerie? Eerie might not be coincidental, better word than eerie. The, the, the 16 seasons in Green Bay, Bart Starr, yeah. 16 years, Brett Favre, 16 years, now now Aaron Rodgers, 16 years. I know it's coincidence, but boy, oh boy, uh, that's quite a coincidence. It is, and you know it's funny because it was just a year ago. You know, Rodgers was saying, you know, my hope is I want to finish my career in Green Bay. I want to be the longest running Packer. I mean, that's he wanted all that. He wanted the 
the history for this, you know, franchise that's been around so long to have that kind of longevity and to be the guy that was here the longest. So I think part of him probably is a little disappointed that things went the way they did. But yeah, that, that is an eerie stat that the three Hall of Fame quarterbacks that all played 16 years uh, in Green Bay. And obviously Rodgers didn't play the first three, but right. um, more than made up for it the last 13. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's just weird because you've got a, a roster that, you know, with Rodgers is considered a top three or four pick to win the Super Bowl, you know, and so there should be so much excitement for really a, a one last run because yep. this roster is built for this year. There's going to have to be a whole lot of change coming up in 2022. And I think, as I said earlier, Green Bay thought that would start with Aaron Rodgers and, and, and some of the veterans are not going to be able to keep after re-signing some of their own this year. The roster is going to look really different next season. So in the front office's mind, 2021 was going to be the last you know, big chance for Green Bay to win one more ring with Aaron Rodgers. And obviously Aaron has different thoughts on that timeline, but um, it, it's just a weird place to be as a Packer fan because on one hand you could be a Super Bowl favorite, but if they trade Rodgers, uh, they won't even be a, a favorite to reach the playoffs with an unknown quantity and Jordan Love running the show. Saw a tweet yesterday from Rob Demosky. Ken mentioned him a little earlier, the ESPN the Packers reporter, and he said at OTAs the top five receivers weren't there. No Solidarity. Devonte Adams, Valdez Scantling, Alan Lazard, St. Brown, Funches. Is is that what you read into this? That this is hey, our quarterbacks there, not there. We're not going to be there. Yeah, I don't know how you could look at it any other way when you have the top five of a position group, and especially when you've got a couple guys like. You know, Devin Funches, who hasn't played in two seasons after getting hurt week one uh, when he signed a free agent deal with the Colts in 2019. He hasn't played in two full seasons. And Equinemia St. Brown has a very tenuous hold on the roster spot in light of the fact that Amari Rodgers was brought in. I mean, all these guys are, outside of the rookie, Rodgers, are signed only through this year. Even Devontae Adams is done after this year. Mm-hmm. He needs a new deal. And obviously, with Rodgers' future in question, that becomes a whole nother topic, but none of these guys have security. And you think by, by coming in right now, you might give yourself a better chance to get a leg up as the team looks at its future at that position. But yeah, I, I don't think there's any other way to look at it. Like making a statement, mini camp is next week. That's mandatory. Uh, we expect everybody to be back outside of number 12. And then we'll see uh, as we hear from some of these guys where their heads are at. But yeah, that's, that's the way I took it is, you know, our guy's not here, so we'll stand behind him for a while. Uh, Dave, last thing for you. Does it seem like, um, I don't know the actual date, I'll say July 27th, training camp starts. Do you think that, uh, that, path, that, that the organization and their fan base will know something by then, or might it move, might it linger into August? My hunch is we'll know something before training camp starts, one way or the other. Either Rodgers will say, I'm not happy about this, but I'll come back and play. Or they'll have a, uh, some kind of a parting official and Green Bay will start looking at, or maybe they already have a deal that they're looking, who knows, right? But I think it'll all be cleared up well before training camp. I can't see this organization letting that giant cloud hang over them all the way up until they're just a couple weeks away from playing a preseason game. So uh, I wouldn't be shocked if by the 4th of July we mm. had much more clarity on where this thing was going. Yeah, it'd be nice to hear from him, right? Uh, I, 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 we're all waiting for that. Dave Sinek and TheHeadCheese.com. Dave, thank you. We'll talk to you in the weeks ahead. Appreciate it. 
You got it. See you guys. Yeah, good to talk to you, Dave Stinnikin. Headcheese.com for you Packer fans out there. The headcheese.com is Dave's blog. Jeff Hughes, his blog is the Bears blog. Uh, it is the beginning of the Justin Fields era in Chicago, and Jeff joins us. Jeff, Trent, and Ken. So we're in June. If you can think back to your numbers at the Bears blog in, you know, typical May, typical June over the last decade or so, I'm guessing you're seeing a bunch more hits than you normally would have. Am I right? A hundred percent. And this is usually a completely dead period when it comes to covering an NFL franchise. There are very few of them over the course of the calendar year, but this is usually the almost the deadest period. And there's just a lot of enthusiasm. As I've told people, this fan base was despondent going into the draft. They saw no end in sight to this quarterback hamster wheel that the team has been on for decades. And all of a sudden, one night, the whole franchise, the fan base, everyone covering them has done a 180. And there's optimism and there's excitement. And I think that Justin Fields now holds the promise of having that star quarterback in Chicago that the team has never had. Jeff, reading through the transcript of a couple interviews with Andy Dalton, he's saying all the right things. But veteran quarterbacks, for the most part, they all say the right things. What makes you believe or not believe that he's going to be that mentor? He's going to be the sounding board. He's going to be the veteran presence that a lot of times helps these guys along during their rookie season. What's your takeaway when you hear what Dalton says? You know, I don't put a lot of stake in that mentor process for a guy like Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton still wants to start. Mm-hmm. And As he, he knows he's not the long-term answer in Chicago now. He knows he might not even be the short-term answer <laughs> in Chicago. And I actually think if there's a major injury around the league, if somebody's quarterback position uh, finds itself in a hole early in the training camp, it would be Dalton as a guy the Bears could look to move and just use fold in that mentor role where he's very comfortable. Listen, I, I do believe the Bears are going to make true on their promise to Dalton and at least give him a start. I think he'll start in L.A. on that Sunday night. Do I think he'll start week two? I'm not sure. <laughs> I, I, I honestly don't, I don't think Fields is going to make this a close competition. I think they're going to know a lot in this summer about where Fields is in his development. But I, I just could see a scenario where the Bears say, Dalton, we brought you here. We told you you were the starter. Here's one game. Uh, the Bears aren't going to win that game. And it'll be very comfortable for them to go to week two and say, Justin, it's your turn. Hmm. What do they do with Nick Foles? I mean, I know they have to pay him, but uh, is there any way? I mean, I guess somebody could get hurt in August and somebody wants a veteran quarterback and, and the, you know, the Bears catch a break that somebody has to take them off their hands. But it seems like it's a waste of money, obviously, if he's just going to hold a clipboard and wear a baseball hat. Is, is there any resolution that would help this team? Well, they're trying to deal him. and They've been trying to deal him for a while. No one wants the money. Uh, he, he's a diminished player. He's, it is what it is. You know, I've been trying to communicate something to sort of the Bears world and Bears fans, and it's something we all have to take a step back and understand. 2021 is no longer the thing, okay? 2021 is now about where is Justin Fields at the end of this process. The Chicago Bears would love to be at this point next year where the L.A. Chargers are. They would love to have a team and know they've got their guy at quarterback. And that when when he suits up in September of 2022, 
they have a chance to win a championship because of him. What they have now on this roster really isn't all that important. This roster's not winning a Super Bowl. Andy Dalton's not winning a Super Bowl. Rookie quarterbacks don't win Super Bowls. It's just about getting through this year with as many games as you can, but get the kid to a point where he believes and he is ready to lead this team from 2022 and beyond. The excitement level, it's palpable. You can feel it, and it's something that feels, I was talking earlier with Ken, it's so much different than Mitchell Trubisky. First, the decision to move up a spot when you really didn't have to, that created a lot of angst in the fan base, and it was a guy... What was the best story? That he was driving around in an old crappy car. There, yeah. As a quarterback, there just wasn't a ton to be excited about. Here, it is different. Taking Chicago by storm. Jeff, you know what the 85 Bears still mean in that city. It's incredible. We're talking about a team almost 40 years ago now and yeah. its importance to the city. If they got the right guy here, what the Bears can be and what... The next 10, 12, 15 years could be, you look to the North and Green Bay, they've had a 30-year run, and it's been incredible. What that would mean for Chicago, and more importantly, the Bears organization that has taken plenty of arrows itself. The Chicago Bears quarterback is the greatest untapped resource in all the professional sports. This is one of the three or four biggest fan bases in the sport. This is the biggest sport in the country. This is the most important position in the country. They have never had a star at the position. We do not, we cannot measure what the impact of that player can be because that that impact is immeasurable. Look at how Mahomes has lit up the league with his jersey sales. Look at what Lamar Jackson did. They play in Baltimore and Kansas City. We're talking about a fan base in Chicago with fans all over the country and now all over the world. If this kid becomes the star that many believe he can, he becomes the face, not just of the Chicago Bears, he becomes the face of the NFL for a decade or more. You know, the Bears, I always talk about Cutler. The weird thing about Cutler was some of the ability was there, but the personality, it was 50-50. Half the people liked him, but half the people thoroughly despised him. There's not going to be any of that with Justin Fields. Justin Fields has star potential, both from the personality standpoint and the production standpoint. And Trent, just one other point on this. The difference between Fields and Trubisky is the difference between production and projection. We looked at Trubisky and said, okay, he hasn't done it, but he has all the tools that maybe he could do it. This kid played in one of the biggest programs in the country and produced. He's produced at every single level he's played, and he's walked in the door at Hallis Hall talking about, not about, doing what's best for his teammates, not answering with all the cliches. He's talked about being a star and about winning and about leading the franchise. He's got all the making. And you've seen the jersey sales are already, I believe he's second in the league second, right now. Second, yep. If, if this kid turns out to be a star quarterback in Chicago, it changes the league for a decade. Mm. Got a chance to be. Uh, it's funny you mentioned Cutler. I was watching Cutler and Brandon Marshall highlight videos yesterday on Twitter. <laughs> they had some moments, man, those two. They really they sure did. did. Hey, I, I meant to ask you this, Jeff. Um, and we, the, I think it was the week of Memorial Day. Kind of got lost in everything with the long weekend. But the NFL owners met virtually, I don't know, a week to 10 days ago. And one of the agenda items was, quote, the Chicago Stadium Project. Now, I know we talked about it, the, you know, Arlington Park, and it didn't make any sense. But the, yet, it, there it was on the owner's agenda. What came out of it, if anything? 
It was just about renovations to Soldier Field. Oh, good. So it was the same for Foxborough. They both both teams were discussing uh, major renovations. I actually didn't know that when a team wants to do renovations to their stadium, they have to get league wide yeah. approval to do so. But apparently, they do. Uh, so it was just about renovations. Again, I I have close to some people that are sort of high up in Chicago Bears. I am told there is nothing to good in Arlington Park Stadium. They love Soldier Field. Do they wish they owned it? Yes. Everybody wishes they owned everything. (laughs) And I didn't know that either. I just learned something. I did not know that you've had any renovations. You have to go before. Yeah, uh, I didn't 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 know know that either. Yeah. So so it was just about Soldier. I I panicked a little bit. I'll be honest. For five minutes, I said, I said, wait a second. I just started firing off text. uh, But like I I got engaged. So I was just firing off text. (laughs) And uh, no, it was just about renovations to, to Soldier Field. Yeah, and uh, a few other things, the ownership group. The McCaskies, they're not as liquid as a lot of ownership groups are in order to oh. pull something like that off. There was also a report last week about strife inside the ownership group. And Virginia, she's still out there, 98, she's still doing her thing, but the Suns and the trickle down from there. What do you know about that strife? And just overall, is there anything to take away with that, or is that just a fun story late May, early June to talk about? It's a late May, early June story. But yeah. first and foremost, but second of all, you know the McCaskey family is a very, very odd group, and you know this is a family that has essentially married into a billion dollar business. They do not have a track record of business elsewhere. That's very rare in this NFL. Mm-hmm. You know most guys come into these ownership positions having already succeeded. This group is just about this team. They make all their money off this team, and there are a lot of people in that family, I am sure who have said to others, why don't we sell this team now? Because we could be looking at 5 or $6 billion when all is said and done. There are also people in that family, there are younger members who are currently working in the league office and around the league who see this as their future and want to be involved. So I, I'm not surprised that there's ever discussions about selling the Chicago Bears because we're, I mean, the, the, just the money they are worth right now is really through the roof. But I've also told them that, it's a lot about nothing. I do not see this team being sold anytime soon. We are now in double digits as far as number of days before week number one, so we are inching our way to it. Uh, Jeff Hughes, DeBearsBlog.com. Jeff, thank you. We appreciate you coming on. We will uh, talk to you down the road, my friend. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. And one other thing. If they don't have the Rodgers thing sorted by July, I will be shocked. Just that's my, my two cents there. They uh, have to have that sorted. How do you go into training camp not knowing who your quarterback is. Selfishly, I hope it lasts until August. (laughs) We're in killing segment mode here in June and July. Uh, Good to talk to you, Jeff. Thank you, bud. Take care, guys. Good to talk to you. Jeff Hughes, thebearsblog.com, getting a lot of hits when normally he wouldn't in the month of May and June. There's excitement, as you well know, TC, Love it. about your team. We'll come back, finish up our number one. Uh, we're doing regional teams today. We'll do the St. Louis Cardinals. And what they're going through is they lose their ace, Jack Flaherty. Uh, is uh, He's got an oblique, potentially, like, we're talking months. Big news there. It's big, big news, no doubt about that. Uh, and then uh, Rob Doster, who covers college basketball, Mike Krzyzewski stepping away. We'll do that and some other topics with uh, uh, college basketball with Doster before we leave at noon. It's 1460 KX and Owen. Stakes. 
right, Miller and Condon, final couple of minutes of the first hour of the program. If you're a Cardinal fan, a baseball fan, we'll talk baseball to begin. To end the hour, we'll talk some uh, college basketball. Mike Krzyzewski making it official. There's some uh, some uh, high school basketball news in our state, uh, Trent, in, in Central Iowa. Uh, Omaha Baloo, where's he going? He is leaving Milwaukee. Started his career at Dowling Catholic, and after a season there, played for the state champion a year ago. He will be leaving the state of Iowa as he will be going to a prep school. Matthew Bain of the Des Moines Register has a story up right now for prep schools listed. Sunrise Christian, that's down in Kansas City. He also plays for Mocon, AU program out of Kansas City. Mm-hmm. Makes a lot of sense. Uh, Monteverde Academy, that's in Florida. Big AAU circuit kind of program there. Brewster Academy, I know I was recruited that place really hard uh, in recent years. And finally, Prolific Prep. Didn't uh, didn't uh, Iowa State do some good at Brewster Academy? They did, yeah. yeah. Got somebody out of there. Yeah. I think the uh, point Man, guard that I was it? after. I don't remember. Regardless, the other one, though, was Prolific Prep. Never heard of it. It's in Northern California. It's a new. I think yeah. 2014 is when that one opened. Looked it through. Gary Trent Jr. went there for his final season of high school ball. But the one that jumped out to me, one of the guys that made the jump to the G League this year, he went through that program. There's been a lot of talk. Omaha Blue, though he has offers from basically everybody in the country, College basketball might not be his destination. Yeah, he's going to get paid right away, isn't yes, he? Yes, I think the G First League opportunity. is what is he is looking for yep. at this point. So, Iowa State fans, I know you're excited to have him come in on an unofficial visit. He's looking at everywhere, but uh-huh. be prepared. College ultimately not might be where Omaha Blue ends up. It might be just straight to the G League. Yeah, this the, the recruiting uh, just, just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Maybe I missed the boat on it, but it's just so tough to keep up. It is. You know? Especially this month. It's going to be wild. It's, it is. So we'll do a lot on it tomorrow. All right, we will uh, start with Brian Walton, our number two. Rob Doster on uh, college basketball will be part of it as well as we take you until noon on Miller & Condon. We're on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM. Thank you.